Hello and welcome back. It's been too long. We'll call this the start of season two of Dumpster Dive, the podcast. I'm here with just my co-host, Davey Rubin, all the way from Austin, Texas. How are you, Dave? Absolutely wonderful, man. How you doing? Good. It's good to be back. And I'm glad we came back because 2016, shout out, just a golden egg of an episode, IT. Pierce Brosnan is a tech CEO about to launch a big product, Uber for private jets. But boy, does his temp IT man have a different idea. Davey, what'd you think of the movie? Uh, I mean, I thought it was wonderful. It's, you know, hot 17-year-old, psycho, and Pierce Brosnan, hard to argue against that. (laughs) So early on, we see... Uh, Mike Reagan, played by Pierce Brosnan, really just, I don't want to say national treasure, but he's not ours. International treasure, Pierce Brosnan. That's true. You know, the man we love, so it was really hard to watch him in this role. Yeah, but I mean, who could forget Tomorrow Never Dies? <laughs> oh, God. Oh, God. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so Pierce gets up there. He's given his big pitch to the world. He says, I have what's going to be a billion-dollar company. My idea is Uber, but for private jets. And can I just pause you and ask you, do you know what his company did prior to that? They, I think they sold private jets. They were private jet sales place. Mm. The one big thing I would go at before talking about the fact that they don't have technical people at a company where they're trying to launch an app is... I don't think Uber for private jets works. No. I think part of, the, part of the draw of Uber is, oh, there's just cars rolling around. There's always someone close. You can't just have private jets in the air flying. Well, also, who just has a runway sitting at their house? <laughs> like, a jet can't... Maybe if it was Uber for helicopters, I'd buy in a little bit more, but jets... Sure. I mean, you need hundreds of feet for a landing strip. Something tells me they... This idea started as, like, a kind of stony, like, tech pitch. You know, like, when you're sitting around, you're like, holy shit, dude, I have a billion-dollar idea. Uber, but for private jets. And then someone's like, dude, you don't have a lot of technical skills. I don't know if it's going to work. I don't really know what the market is. And they're like, all right, you convinced me. Let's make this into a movie. You know, it's like, there is just huge flaws. But putting aside the flaws to his business... He gets up, gives a speech to a room full of his captive audience, all company members. So not a very high-stakes speech, like no investors or anything. And boy, do they throw a PowerPoint on. And boy, does the PowerPoint repeatedly break throughout. Yeah, I'd like to talk about that for a minute because that was the first note I took. Is like this audience is so positive. They clap for everything. He stands up in front of them and he's like, you guys, I have a billion-dollar idea, and it's just, like, resounding applause throughout the audience. And then he's, like, he turns on the video, and there's a picture of a jet. And I have resounding applause. Amazing. And then the whole thing breaks down. Everybody's, like, chatting amongst themselves, like, oh, what a phony, what a hack. And then they bring in the IT guy. He fixes everything, and right when he fixes everything, just resounding applause again. And that all happens within, like, a 45-second period of the whole movie. So... Obviously, you need you need a reason for this ID guy to get in. 
PowerPoint breaking cannot be the reason that you have to get a former NSA IT guy in there to fix everything. Like, I, me and you are both not especially tech savvy. Listeners, you could tell by the sound quality on this podcast <laughs> <laughs> and the repeated third guest that just cuts in and out throughout episodes. We're not exactly like the top of the tech world here, but both of us can make a PowerPoint presentation. That's true. Both well, of us we can get that it to work. School, so. yeah. It is crazy to me that this, co- this company is trying to launch a billion-dollar app that will help you with private jets, and no one in the office can even start a PowerPoint. <laughs> I kind of think, to your stoner point, as I think about it, like I feel like this movie was written without them even knowing what the company did. They were like, all right, guys, social media is hot right now. We got to find a way to get Pierce Brosnan in a movie that's kind of like Taken, but with technology as the thing that takes the daughter and the wife. And uh, we'll say he's the CEO of a company. We'll figure that out at the end. (laughs) That's what it feels like. It's just like, oh, well, Uber's pretty hot right now. Why don't we make it for Jets? What's what's frustrating, too, is like, there is like a in like Silicon Valley, there is like a cliche and like a funny cliche, like everyone sells their company as Uber, but for, you know, fill in the blank. Mm-hmm. But this one is Uber, but for jets, but just Uber with jets, you know, <laughs> like it's not like it's Uber, but for oh, like we got this whole new idea. It's this whole, it's like, no, we're going to do another transportation thing, but just with way more expensive gas and fuel. Yeah. Just makes no sense. But, Onward, they have because this this tech company that's about to launch a billion dollar thing has no tech people in the office. They have hired a temp to run their entire IT at the moment when they're launching a new app, getting SEC certified, doing all this thing. And this kid is the only kid who could fix the PowerPoint. So instantly, the CEO says, "This is a man I trust." Yeah, he's he, the man I trust intrinsically. He really trusts him <laughs> so quickly. I mean, he offers him a full-time job because he's able to fix a PowerPoint. He invites him over to the house to fix their internet. What a risky, terrible decision. Let me talk to you about the future. It crashed. Grab the temp guy. Save my ass in there. Maybe you can come over to our house. Have a look at our internet. Ed Porter, ma'am. I'm the IT guy. This is our daughter, Kaylin. Hi. You know, the smart panels in your home have built in cameras, right? I had them disabled. I like my privacy. Good luck with that. No one else at his office knows how to set up his internet, so he brings over this temp to set up his entire smart home and internet and all this stuff. And, you know, like, this guy, if he's living in this crazy super house, he's a billionaire, all this stuff, like, probably wants to keep his house kind of quiet. And boy, does he pay the price because this creepy IT guy starts coming over every day. (laughs) Every day. And it takes Pierce Brosnan a good, like, six times of this temp showing up at his house for him to be like, it's about time for a talking to with this guy. Yeah, and that, that's all. I mean, he doesn't call the cops when this dude is giving his daughter a ride home from school. 
He doesn't call the cops when this dude shows up unannounced. At a family event, shows up at his a daughter's soccer game? Let me ask you this question. <laughs> the first time that he shows up, he comes to the family dinner, the family friend's dinner, with a bottle of wine. And Pierce Brosnan says, what are you doing here? And he says, Caitlin, who's the hot 17-year-old daughter, invited me. And then when Pierce Brosnan asks her, she says, no, I didn't invite anybody. I still, till the end of the movie, they never actually reveal whether she was lying or whether she actually invited him. Because <laughs> who, why else would he have gotten the invite? I mean, we saw on the screen, they show the text messages between them, and she invited him. So, <laughs> why did she, like, I just don't understand that. They never made that clear. Yeah, maybe they went back and they're like... Oh, we don't want this to be like a Romeo and Juliet love story between this seventeen-year-old, yeah, like star-crossed lover with this creepy IT guy. We got to really go back and make sure she's like faultless wow. in this relationship. Well, they didn't hesitate to to make creepy stuff with a seventeen-year-old. No, but, but before we get on that, the first thing I just want to bring up about him coming to their house to set up their internet, which is where this all really starts. He shows up, sits in the car. And the first thing he does is offer to install illegal military-grade software into Pierce Brosnan's car. This is like maybe the 50th word they've ever spoken. How much do you trust this dude? Not only is he like pretty weird, but he just showed up with a ready-to-install military-grade GPS system. That fits your car. That is perfect for your car. <laughs> Davey, what did he tell him was the reason he needed this military-grade GPS he goes, he goes, you know how, you know how inaccurate the civilian grade GPS is. <laughs> this stuff is specific. It's like, yeah, obviously military grade GPS, much better. If you're trying to drop bombs from a drone, you want your military grade GPS. If you're driving through cities, I don't think like I've ever been like, God, I wish this GPS knew better <laughs> what turn I had to make. Yeah. Well, military-grade GPS, it can pick up construction, so you won't run into those little issues. <laughs> it knows where all the Muslims live, you know, all, all those kind of small things. The small stuff, yeah. <laughs> yeah, because yeah, at that point in the movie, I'm like, oh, this is like, you know, this is an interesting premise. It was set up badly, but like, hey, you know, creepy IT guy, oh, like the power of tech that like, you understand tech, you understand this stuff, and then you really can have power over even the wealthy. You could even throw <laughs> apart their life. But then, this was the scene that first struck me as, holy shit, this is going to be a really long hour and a half. When he gets in his car mm. and he starts singing along, I had to download Shazam and check it because I'm like, does is this song by like a family member of the director? Like, what's the deal here? <laughs> It is a song. It's a famous song. Words by Missing Persons, which I hadn't heard of. singing in the car and you could hear his singing voice you could hear the thing then they're cut into a crazy montage he's driving through the rain in the dark he looks pissed off and you're just like 
they really thought this movie was going to be like Taxi Driver or something. <laughs> yeah. Like they thought they had built a true genius arch villain, and they just they're just like, this is going to be a scene you remember. You know, this sociopath that we made, and it's so bad. Well, they never let him really develop. Like he's super creepy, but most of his creepiness is shot in scenes like that, where it's like really loud music, fast cuts of him freaking out. And so we know that he's, like, really unstable, but he doesn't actually really do anything that creepy in person at any point in the movie until the end. Yeah, well, we... I think they... That both you and whoever was editing the movie realized the same thing, because later on when Pierce finally calls in his government agent to help get this guy... uh, the guy goes through his psychological background breakdown. It just goes the most expository explanation (laughs) I've ever seen in a movie where even Pierce doesn't follow it. Cause it's like, so on the nose, it's like he was never loved by his parents and he fell out of here and he had this. And Pierce is like, so what are you saying? He is exactly. And the guy's like, he has a whole slate of psychological (laughs) issues. He was never loved by his parents, which explains his attachment to you. And uh, he got in trouble for spying on girls, which is why he's spying on your daughter. And he takes ten different pills, so you know he's crazy. But we don't actually have a diagnosis. What killed me about him most was that, like, I mean, these movies hang on the supervillain, you know? Mm -hmm. This movie's not about Pierce Brosnan. It's not about his hot wife or his hot daughter. Maybe not for you. (laughs) Or their Uber for her fucking private jets. It's like... This, these movies are about, like, can you make the supervillain creepy enough? Like, and everything about this man just felt stolen. Like, yeah, yeah that's for sure. It was so tough. Like, where do you think they went wrong with building the should-have-been epic Ed Porter? Well, here's what I think they could have done. So we'll get into this scene more in a sec, but the first time that we feel really creeped out by him, like by an action that he does, is when he videotapes... The 17 year old daughter masturbating, which we'll talk about in more detail in a sec. But <laughs> I feel like the way you're supposed to build a supervillain in a movie like this is we start off with a scene where he's stalking another chick and like rapes and murders her, or you know, we, we hear some background story that gives us like a five minute overview of some really fucked up shit that this guy did. Or you go with like, he's a total charmer the entire time. And, like, surprise. you know, then you're, like, surprised that he's bad. Yeah, like, he's it, the twist at the end almost, and we think yeah. it's somebody else throughout. Instead, he is exceptionally creepy throughout, and you were surprised why even a 17-year-old girl would be intrigued by this 28-year-old dude. But, god damn, like, I am just never convinced that Pierce Brosnan, this, like, allegedly powerful CEO, would be charmed by this guy or that like his daughter or the wife would trust him or anything like this like they, we never see like a single moment of charm or like conniving from this guy this kid no and they had an opportunity because he sat down and ate dinner with them they had an opportunity to like show us his charmingness and we didn't see it like they should have just worked one scene in where he was like a funny charming guy because yeah, all you really want is the mom to be backing him that's a yeah. that's an interesting, fun movie to be like, the mom's like, I mean, first off, just make the girl 18. 
still living at home, 18-year-old senior. Mm. Then it's like a kind of interesting, shitty gray area, you know, and have the mom be like, hey, this kid was so nice. He seems good. He seems just like a friend. He's not, like, taking advantage. That's like a fun area. And then Pierce Brosnan just, like, sniffs something nasty in the room, and he's got to (laughs) get to the bottom of this, and then all shit goes to shit, you know? Instead, it's just like, no, no one is going to let this kid in their house. Like the moment you meet him at your office, you're like calling HR and being like, can we get a new temp? This kid really freaks me the fuck out. Yeah. I mean, they, I, I feel like I knew he was a bad guy from the beginning, but they, they did not waste time letting you know. No. <laughs> and uh, man, that scene. So the scene with his, the 17 year old daughter to go back to the masturbation scene. Cause it's, it's a great, it's an scene. important, it's an important scene. It, really flips the script of this movie being like a kind of bad thriller to just like how the hell did this get made you know well so he shows up to the soccer game so they're at the daughter's soccer game pierce and his wife and ed shows up and he's like man great game huh and they're like how'd you end up here oh caitlin invited me which we find out is true because she says hi to him afterwards so she invited him to that i still don't know if she invited him to dinner but uh <laughs> Then the parents are walking away, and they're like, he's too old for you, Caitlin. And she's like, I'm 17. And they go, yeah, but he's 28. And then the next shot following those two lines are her masturbating in a shower for all of us to watch. (laughs) And it's like, man, if I just didn't know she was 17, I would have felt little or no guilt during that scene. But instead, I felt so guilty. You don't think this is a statement on society here by the director? <laughs> I think that this movie might be playing a trick on us, and they're watching us while they're showing us that scene to see how we react. Probably. That's probably their play. It's a built-in okay. hack. For, for a guy allegedly great at tech, mm-hmm. why when he hacks their whole smart house, which initially the pitch for this movie, how I got tricked Davy into watching it was, this is like the movie-length version of Disney Channel original movie Smart House. Which was great. Which was great. Boy, was that darker and be- more thought out than this one. <laughs> <laughs> it's definitely a better movie. <laughs> yeah, but uh, when he's hacked this entire Smart House to turn the cameras back on, the one side effect, which he really should have fixed, is every time that these cameras that are supposed to always be recording – when he really tracks in and wants to record, the entire user interface starts scrambling and then a big camera comes on. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like, if you were trying to hack in, I would not code that mechanism into your fucking cameras. But he really made it clear, like, I want to make it clear I'm in here and watching. I'm going to just scramble the shit out of the screen and then turn it into a big camera symbol. <laughs> yeah, it's he gives his, uh, he gives himself away a little bit, but somehow they never notice, so it doesn't matter, right? Yeah. That was really for us, I think, more than it was for anybody in the movie. Because <laughs> it would have been too hard to communicate <laughs> to the viewer that he's watching when he has seven screens. <laughs> <laughs> <Hold up. laughs> yeah. yeah, that's uh, a good point. <laughs> And, I mean, the, the things that this movie does to try and carry the story forward, like, let's go through a couple of them. The bad guy sends the wife fake mammogram results saying that she has breast cancer, thinking it's, like, this genius attack on her. And she calls her doctor and hears back from him an hour later and everything's fine. And it's okay. Yeah. 
all it does is just alert (laughs) them to the fact that he's hacked. And then he releases her shower video to every kid at the school's cell phone. Yeah. Which, think of the, like, why didn't we see a little bit of that manpower? Finding the entire (laughs) roster of the school and then being able to hack into every single person's Verizon account, finding the phone number and sending it simultaneously out. Like that's real shit. That's some very real shit. Uh, What about one of my favorite thinking you're going to get a really interesting twist and then turning out it's not is when you learn from that same dossier we were talking about before where the the government agent tells Pierce about some information about uh, Ed Porter Hmm. and he goes, Ed Porter, that's not his real name. His name is. Jeffrey Edward Porter. He goes by his middle name. <laughs> just like, <laughs> really, we couldn't have gone with a. He's actually an alternate character, yeah. like that we met before, <laughs> like <laughs> Frank Sebastian. Yeah, like that had to be because this movie is shockingly short. I appreciated it. Whoever yeah, was that, it was short. It was shockingly short for 2016. Like movies are two and a half hours now, and this one was like bumping up against an hour and a half. Like, they worked to get it to an hour and a half. And I think there must have been another... Ed Porter was someone else we'd met before, and there was some backstory. Well, he has a just... mustache and, like, a lot of random photos in this one. <laughs> That's, like, their indication that he was even creepier before, is he used to have just a porno stash. He used to have a porno stash. He used to be... He claimed he was in the military. He said, oh, yeah, I did some work for the NSA. Just so... In case we weren't picking up that this was like, actually Snowden's bad and the government's good movie. Just in case that wasn't getting banged home, we were going to also have a picture of him saying like, "Ah, I used to be in the NSA. And his proof that he was in the NSA is a shot from Iraq (laughs) in a platoon. I'm like, I don't I don't think the NSA is chilling out in the desert. Yeah. (laughs) And taking Facebook photos to throw up on the walls. (laughs) That was pretty odd. But then quickly our same government official quickly debunks that and says, nah, it's photoshopped. (laughs) But this kid, man, uh, my favorite part of the whole movie, actually probably two favorite parts, but one of my favorite parts is when he freak one of his freakouts, every time that this family burns him in some way. He goes home and freaks out, right? Oh, and, yeah. and like the last one or the second to last one, he goes home, puts on a pair of shiny gold skin tight pants, and alternates between a breathing machine, lifting a large weight, and just screaming. And the, the and wait, and first taking a pill. Yeah, some he pill. Took a pill. <laughs> we didn't even see him take it. We just saw a pill floating in the air. Some blood (laughs) leaking down a monitor, and then gold pants and weightlifting. (laughs) Like, what the fuck is going on? Like, Dave, you know what's going on? Fucking cinema, dude. (laughs) Fucking cinema. This is movie 2016, (laughs) man. There was a lot of filmmaking going on in this movie, dude. Wait, did you take my phone? No, I didn't take your phone. Someone's been playing games. Six to seconds. 
burn. He's on the move. Abort. So at some point, Pierce Brosnan and the hacker guy take a shot back at Ed, and they steal some shit from his house. But do you remember the distraction that they set up to get into his house? Oh, tell me about it. It was a dating app of some sort, I think. Yeah. Right? <laughs> There's the only pre-scene that we see of Ed outside of this confrontation or this issue is that he likes to go to this restaurant and stare at a waitress. So we don't know how they found out about this. We have literally no idea. But they <laughs> they know that he's obsessed with this waitress somehow. Uh, and so they go to the cafe. They steal her phone, this poor, innocent girl. They steal her phone, hack her Tinder app, and then message this creepy dude who they now know has potential to be a psycho killer. And... <laughs> Message him a message says, come meet me at this cafe. And they just send him after this poor, innocent girl. Normally when you have scenes like this in movies, it's the cops. So the cops can send this creepy dude after a chick because they're nearby. And if things go haywire, they can intervene. But this is just a rich guy and like a 70-year-old man. And they send him to go talk to this girl at a cafe. And she's like, who the hell are you? What if he just erupted right there and killed her? That would have been bad. That would have been a but different you know movie. Different movie. Dave, you don't think there's a little bloodshed when you're trying to make an Uber for private jets? All right? You gotta, That's true. You got to do what you got to do, man. got to do what you got to do. Uh, okay. Well, there's two things that I want to go off from that amazing scene where they set him up. We haven't set up this guy exactly, but there's an old man who is fond of fishing hats hmm. and long uh, kind of like gray beige uh trench coats. trench coats which at this point like if you're trying to be a spy wear anything else except this <laughs> outfit like it's we we get it like you're a spy yeah. if you sit on a bench in that outfit like we have an eye out for you all right but this guy meets up with pierce brosnan has completely unclear who he is but it seems like he maybe used to be cia or like some shit like that and he teaches Don't worry, Pierce. We never find out. <laughs> he teaches Pierce Brosnan how they're gonna, you know, counteract this hacker. How they're gonna get their cybersecurity tight. And literally in an all-time scene, like I was so out on this movie. An all-time scene in this movie is when they realize first step they need to get the smart house to not be a smart house anymore. And he goes, "How are you gonna do that?" He goes, "Make it dumb." That's right. Cue the music. <laughs> Cue the scene where Pierce Brosnan is hitting each of these monitors with like a hammer and then they're pulling wiring out of the entire house. And the daughter and wife are sitting there like terrified out of their mind because he's swinging bats at these TV screens. It's like, really, is this that scary for you guys? You knew that <laughs> there was a problem here. We're just trying to fix it. Also, like a simple one sentence could explain this. Like, Oh, yeah, as you know, we've been being chased by a serial killer. <laughs> this guy who's an expert told me that we need to get rid of this wiring, and they wouldn't be freaked out. <laughs> also, like, is this guy a genius? It's like, oh, the best way to not let t- technology haunt you is to destroy it all. Whoa. That, there was the, the weirdest shit in this movie. Okay, because that's another. You were talking about plot points going forward. This entire movie, there are like 12 moments where it just crumbles on itself and doesn't turn into anything. And one of the big ones of that is the moment you have this dude start to turn on and off your music and your 
sink and all this stuff. Like, clearly has control of your smart house. Maybe go to a hotel. Yeah. Maybe go to your folks' house. We don't want to pay money. Go to your folks' house. That do was any- Just go to a cabin in the woods and leave your phone. Yeah. Why would a or call the tech- fucking police, man? Yeah. Why would a tech CEO be so nervous about calling the cops and so nervous about just like moving out of his house that has clearly been hacked until it gets unhacked? Yeah, he- I put that shit on the market for like you know. $500,000 under market value, sell it and move. <laughs> yeah. The other big moment where this movie fell on itself, he goes to the cops. This is a dude who, like, his, his announcement that, you know, he's going to make Uber for private jets thing is plastered over the national news. This is a, a guy that is that famous. They talk about him by name, this CEO. Mm-hmm. This dude goes to a local cop in his na- in his area. He must be the richest person in his like city. He must be. goes to, he goes to a local cop who sits him down and goes, "Hmm, seems pretty convenient that you're blaming the IT guy right <laughs> when you have all these SEC issues going on." <laughs> yes, it is convenient. It makes the most sense. That's why it's convenient. I'm blaming the IT guy for hacking my house, and you think this is like. Some elaborate ploy where I'm trying to get the heat off of me. It was, well, and you never see him. Blowing. I have to think that there's much more discussion there that we didn't see. Like you never see him be like, he sent naked videos of my daughter masturbating <laughs> to the entire high school. Like he never says that, but I cannot imagine he would say that. And the police officer would go, "Well, you got proof." It's like, yeah, <laughs> check every phone in the fucking high school, man. They all have it. <laughs> And nobody knows who sent it. That seems like that's worth investigating somewhat, right? Yeah, you, you'd hope so. That's sexual also, assault, brother. Also, when the guy, one of his big reasons that this was a conspiracy against this poor temp was he said, uh, my contact at the SEC said she went to your office and everyone blamed the same person, this tech guy. It's like, maybe investigate him. Yeah. Maybe have one conversation with Literally the creepiest person any of us have ever seen. It's <laughs> like, a good point. Like, you can't say that the two main reasons you're not investigating him are the two main reasons you should be investigating him. Like maybe at first they wrote this movie that he went to investigate him. They're like, nah, no, nah, we shouldn't have him do it. What should he say? Eh, just have him say the same things but in a different voice. <laughs> it's so weird. Okay. Then Pierce Brosnan pissed off that he does not have the power of the cops behind him. Besides, the next best bet is to find this guy in an alleyway the same night. You know, he is pissed off and he's like, we have, there has to be an hour of the movie that's cut out between these two scenes. <laughs> <'cause> <laughs> yeah, we go, yeah, we go to Pierce Brosnan is freaked out, has hired like a CIA agent to help him like stop this guy. To the next scene, he catches him in a dark alleyway and beats his ass. And it's just like, if for putting aside the insane like plot hole of like how did he find him, if you're gonna beat his ass, just do more. I would have had your- a tape recorder because he admits all of it right there. <laughs> yeah, anything. It's so insane. But that that scene actually ended up being a little bit of a hint. For what was to come next? Because, Davey, remind me, when he caught him in the alleyway, was it raining? 
Oh, it was coming down. <laughs> and how about later in the movie when we have a little thing I like to call a climax? Was it raining during that scene? I can't remember. It was damn near tornado <laughs> warnings in that scene. Oh Fucking my some God. biblical shit happening right there. <laughs> he has serious mental health issues. He is a bad man. I'm going to kill you, boy. Simple as that. This was an insane movie. It but, was, yeah, it was insane. It wasn't great. I'll tell you, I I bumped into Pierce Brosnan a couple months ago in New York. And, oh yeah. And I wanted to uh, make some offhand comment about one of his movies that no one would ever compliment him on. And I'm so bummed I hadn't seen this movie yet. Cause I Wait, well, tell me more about this bump in, Dave. Come on. I was at a museum with a, our good friend Toby and his mom and sister, and they were trying to convince me that Brosnan was in there. And they kept pointing at this old guy, and I just couldn't believe it was him. And so I tried, slowly I made my way closer and closer to him in a sort of strategic chessboard kind of way. Oh, yeah. And uh, I got to doing. Point- you were doing more of a knight than a pawn move, you know? That's kind of right. A, that's right. Up and out, up and out. Yeah. That's right. Yeah, yeah. Three steps forward, one step to the right. <laughs> um, and I, I got close to him, and I was thinking about trying to hold his hand, but I thought that that would be really off-putting. <laughs> so I wanted to say or he something. Might have, or he might have hired you. You never know. <laughs> yeah, for this movie. <laughs> uh, I wanted to say something like, man, you really killed it Tomorrow Never Dies. But I couldn't think of, like, a really good one. I guess that one would have been okay, but this would have been perfect. It's like, man, your new, your new t- uh, flick, IT. Woo! Before we leave, let's do a quick uh, fire round, you know? Mm-hmm. I haven't prepared you on this at all, and I apologize, but I haven't prepared myself, so this will be interesting. <laughs> it's the best way to go into it. <laughs> okay, favorite Pierce Brosnan movie? Uh, oh, God, I, I got to say Mrs. Doubtfire. Mrs. Doubtfire. Okay. Uh, what is the age, target age for Pierce Brosnan? It's got to be, audience. it's got to be like 50 year old women. Yeah. Okay. I agree with that. Uh, okay. Do you prefer Pierce Brosnan as lovable, but hard to love secret agent? Mm. Uh, Overly loving, but a little too attractive stepfather. Mm. Or overly loving, a little bit protective, but bad at business and tech CEO. <laughs> well, look, there's no arguing that this was one of Pierce's best performances. And that's the only reason this movie could hold me for an hour and a half. So I'll, I'll lean overly protective, bad CEO Pierce Brosnan. Plus, he looked older and wiser in this movie. I like it. <laughs> All right, dude. Well, it is delightful to start season two with you, Dave. Oh, man. And I hope the audience is ready because we're planning on coming back with some hot fire in the next couple months. We'll have some delightful guests coming, some great movies, and we're going to use our very small Twitter following to tweet out the movies we're thinking about doing for the week so you have some time to watch beforehand. Mm -hmm. Just as a preemptive warning, 
if yeah. you guys are able to watch Collateral Beauty or if you could tell us if it's available in any medium, <laughs> we are ready to take it to the dumpster. Yeah, that is our, that's our hopeful <laughs> next movie, Collateral Beauty, Will Smith. If someone took a VHS in the theater and could send it to us, whatever you have. Just, yeah, just text it. Just text it over. <laughs> just text the movie. I know no one saw it, but God, we want to. Yeah. All right, Dave. Well, I will talk soon, brother. Sounds good, man.